thank God for Grace Assembly that we have not acted like we are not sensitive. And you will recall that since the beginning of the month, it has been one approach to prayer and praise because we are just, we can't pretend we can move on like this. Something has to happen and something will happen in the name of Jesus. If you believe, it's a great amen. Honestly, if I were to go by the looks on our faces, I, I mean, I just feel like saying, can we share the grace and <laughs> go home? <laughs> but you know what? God is not going to be moved by what we see as by the state of our heart. And please, I'm going to crave your indulgence. Be deliberate to enjoy God this evening. Because in any case, you are here and you can't go back home. So just enjoy God this evening and the Lord will reach out to you in Jesus' name. Can you please look at your neighbor and say, enjoy God this evening. Enjoy God this evening. You can't go home until 7.30. And God will reach out to us in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm glad to be here and I'm, I'm not taking this opportunity for granted. We do not take it lightly to be given the opportunity to share God's word with us. We say a big thank you to the entire pastorate, particularly the senior pastor. God bless you for trusting us with the confidence. Can we say the pastor for such a laudable opportunity? All right, you understand that our style and mannerism in approaching God in this house is that we follow through with what the senior pastor will start out as the instruction from God. Please bear in mind that every time we stand to deliver the mind of God here, it is not the coining, it's not an invention of our thoughts. It is what we believe God registered in the heart of his servant for one purpose, to transform our lives better. Anybody seated here this evening or watching online, it's important to you to, for you to understand that as much as the nation is going through a difficult time, God is still in the business of wanting to improve the quality of your own life. God. All right, um, so let's quickly get into what God has in mind for us, but I would need to, of course, establish the sequence of the communication or conversation or teaching that started off at the beginning of the month. You recall that um, the senior pastor started out a teaching the first Sunday of the month, which was a testimony and thanksgiving, thanksgiving service, on a subject he barely touched. He just browsed over it, and um, the following Sunday was um, uh, the praise and prayer service, and the last Sunday was intervention. Oh, God, we need intervention for our land. Uh, am I correct? So, uh, but what I'm going to do this evening, because I, I didn't want us to, you know, glide over that subject. It's very cardinal to our total well-being. And today I'm going to zoom on it and we're going to have a discussion. And at the end of the day also, we take time and pray for ourselves and for the nation. So it's going to be by the grace of God. Before 7.30, we should be done because I'm trusting that we can all eat the road on time because the longer you stay outside, the more money you pay for transport, if I'm correct. And so you need to be home safe and sound. And the next 72 hours, the destiny of this nation will be decided. Okay, so can I have the slide of pastor for the first Sunday of the month of February that started out the teaching that I'm going to latch on this evening. All right, there's the, the entire slide. Very good. Thank you very much, Multimedia. The days of what? We what? Be over. Let's repeat it again for perhaps those of us are still in between our week and asleep. The days of contempt is what? Will be over. And I recall very well that the senior pastor gave us the definition of contempt by way of displaying a slide. The slide they don't have, because I, I recall, I called for it, they don't have it, but I have my slide to define what contempt is. Now, what, you, what we pick out there is that the days of contempt will be over, mean, meaning perhaps it is not over yet. Will be over simply means it certainly will be over. And this is the good news I'm bringing to you this evening. That day of contempt will be over today. Now, you don't understand it because you've not had a feel of what contempt is. 
And so that will take me to my next sequence and layer of explanation is to even try and define what the word contempt is. Um, we have a lawyer seated over there, a barrister. Um, that's a familiar terminology in the courtroom. I heard, I mean, recently they said they were going to sue some people for contempt of the courts. You know, it's a legal term, but it can be a general English for everyone who speaks English. So let us understand what the definition of contempt is. Now, maybe when you understand the definition, you will feel the import of why the man of God, or better still, why God impressed it in the heart of the man of God that we should visit this subject. So when you look at the definition, and I'm sure somewhere in your mind you can relate to this definition. Contempt from the dictionary says the feeling, it's a feeling, a very terrible feeling. A feeling that a person or a thing is what? Worthless. Or beneath consideration. I don't know if you, anybody can relate to this definition. Can you connect to this definition? A feeling that I'm worthless. What have I achieved with my life? The way I'm going, am I going to get anywhere at all? It seems I'm going round and round the same circle. Last year, this year, but this time, you know, something crossed my mind this evening. Let me just pause. I don't know, maybe it's just me. I suddenly feel that the year is running faster than normal. You know, for all we care, in a couple of two weeks from now, we're going to be approaching the month of March. Am I correct? And then we all understand that the most important currency in the life of a man is time. Yes, today is 22nd. It's six days from now, it's kingdom in March. I mean, like we said up in here two days ago. Today is, oh yes, 29. So in seven days from now, eight days from now, it's going to be the month of March. Like we said up in here a couple of hours ago. Like we said, welcome 2023 some moments ago. 2023 is gone in two months, 10 months to go. Whatever God has to do, he better start to do now. I don't know about you. But whatever God has in mind to do with my life, to take me away from the realm of contempt, he better start to put it in motion now. Don't come and preach to me around November and say, he's the God of last minute. You know that kind of consolation that comes up around December and say, he's the God of late hour. Don't do that, please, God, this year. Because one thing you will not be able to reverse in your life is your age. Don't let it be that the only thing that's changing in your life is your age. Now, I know certainly that when God brings you to his presence, believe me, you came to God's presence bad, battered, busted, and disgusted. If you were so great a person, some of you would not take the pain to come to church this evening. Now, let us say it essentially. There are two people that seek God. Those who seek the hand of God and those who seek the heart of God. Do you know the difference? Some are doing transaction with God. God, what's in your hand to offer me? And if God is not offering anything, they move on. While those, there are some of us that we seek the heart of God, that it is not about what God has to give, it's what God can do through me. I want to be the living epistle. The real evangelism is not what you tell people about the Bible. The real evangelism is what they see about your life. Are you following me, a saints of God? So, God understands that in case you are lost, trying to define what is the ultimate expression of my identity in God. Matthew 5, 16, I believe, said, let your light so shine. Remember that, please. Please. Let your light so shine. What's the next line? Huh? Before all men. 
Barista, yeah, please give the barista the mic. Barista is communicating. We stay together in this preaching this evening. I mean, because if you, in case you don't understand how God wants to summarize the expression of your life from age one to your old age, it is that scripture you find in number Matthew 5. We give the mic to Barrister. I don't know what you, who you came to seek. If you came to seek the hand of God or you came to see the heart of God, I have come to seek the heart of God. That was why Paul was saying, nothing can separate me from what? The love of God. That, what that scripture is saying is that I love God so much that nothing in the natural can create a barrier between us. Not even scarcity of cash. I'm blessed with cars, but at times I didn't drive down to church and I trek back home. Not for lack of money. But because I've learned to understand that if you are so rich, don't get too comfortable with it that the day the devil will test you with a little challenge, you start to blame God. Somebody don't understand the strength of Job. Job's strength was not so much of what he gathered. He said the, man, the, life, the, the life of a man is not consist in what, the things he has gathered. So I learn how to abide and I learn how to obey. Nothing the devil can use to threaten me. And on this planet, no material thing the devil can use to threaten me because I seek the heart of God. Not his hand. I'm not in transaction with God. So let us understand that if you know the summary of what God expects of you, in the light of the scripture, then you will know what to expect. Look at it. He said, let your light. Now, he's not referring to everybody. He's referring to a believer, his child. God is a creator to all, but a father to few. You know that. God is a creator to all, but a father to few. He said, as many that believe him, he gave them the power to be called what? The sons of God. So, you don't, because you were born or created by God, does not automatically guarantee you to call him Abba Father. Right, so we are all children of God. As a matter of fact, for you to be in service this evening is an indication that you love the Lord with your heart. But this is what God expects of you ultimately. Let your light so shine. Barrister, share with me. Let your light so shine before who? Before all men. Before all men. That they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Thank you. Just pause there, hold on. That is why I will take pride and joy in Pastor Yomi's accomplishment, achievement. All right. Is a man of honor. Is a man that's made God proud. Is a man that people will look at him and say, if God did this for you, I will follow that God that you serve. Because that scripture says, let your light so shine. Not just before Christians. Not just before those that are born again. Before how many men? Kings and queens and everybody. In whatever you do, let it be so grand that everybody will take a look at you. Before all men, that they may see what? So anything you do that you can't reveal before men is a lie. It's not clean. It's not pure. Am I correct? That is, no, that is that no matter how rich you look as a lady, and you can't tell me what you do for a living. Believe me, that, that, thing, that thing you are doing does not give glory to God. Any testimony, you cannot come and tell us how you arrived there. Then you have padded it. It's a padded testimony. The scripture is very clear. What you do should be seen before all men. Now, when pastor asked a question last Wednesday, I mean, if you recall the question pastor asked, he said, what is the difference between finish and complete? Anybody remember the, the question? Pastor asked that question. What is the difference between what? Finish, finish and complete. Multimedia, please stay with me on that scripture. Let your light so shine before men that they may what? See your good works. That is finish. That one is what? Finish. It will be complete when they do what? Glorify your Father in heaven. There's a lot of difference, who? Am I correct, sir? 
there are many men whose work is exciting men, but it is void of glory to God. Am I correct here? And you're not there. So until your work, <laughs> meaning you must have a work, that work must be so successful that men will testify that it's a good work, not just ending it there, then God takes glory. Then that is finished and complete. We call it completely finished. Right. So if you're seated this evening, this is what God expects of every one of us ultimately. So as you're listening to me, ask yourself, is my work making men love God? Is my work bringing so much profitability? Now, please don't be fooled. God is not interested in the efforts. God is the God of results. Trust me. Read the whole Bible. I've read it over and over. God has no recognition for, I tried. I, no, no, no. He's a God of results. He gave them five talents. When he came back, the man that buried the one, what did he ask him to do? Why did you just bury it? I want results. He said, go forth and bring fruit that your fruit may what? Abide. God is a God of results. He wants to see proof. But you know the truth here? Some of us are putting so much effort that is not commensurate to the results. And at this point, you are getting worried and tired. I believe that's what God saw and led us to that message. So can we go back to that slide again? That slide, the slide for Sunday, and then we take contempt. All right. So I said today, this prophecy will be fulfilled in our lives. Good. So let us understand what contempt is. Let's have the definition again, uh, multimedia. Thank you. The feeling that a person or a thing is what? Has anybody ever felt this way before? Be honest with me. I mean, have you ever felt, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and you just, I mean, I got a call from a phone, uh, particularly a drummer boy. He said, look, this whole thing is, I'm getting tired. And particularly if you now live in an environment where everything is just going igiaga. A lot of people right now are fighting depression. A lot of people right now, they are lost, they are lost with uncertainty. Some people, not for absence of cash, their heart is so heavy that their legs cannot move. Some people are just worried that this is March approaching me. Before I say Jack Robinson, it will be June, end of the year, middle of the year. If I take a record and stock of my life, what would I say I've achieved? Lord, you can't keep doing this to me. Make up your mind and do something about it. And that word came. And I said to us today in the name of the Lord Jesus, by the time the Lord will deliver to you the key to cure contempt, you will give your hands to God in praise in the name of Jesus. Because this service is not going to be in vain in your life. You will never forget it in a hurry. Now, that is the definition of contempt. If something in you can resonate with, resonate with this definition, it simply means God has a provision, an answer to give to you. And so as we progress in this meeting, I want us to look at scriptural characters of people who have dealt with contempt and how they had an amazing cure for contempt. And before we allow us to do that, let me even give you what the title of today's message is. Can we have the slide for today's uh, message? Prayer. The key to what? Contempt. The cure to contempt. Prayer. The cure to contempt. Let us read the scripture together. The scripture you're about to read is a fantastic and amazing promise from God. Can we have it? Do not fear for you will not be ashamed. I would expect you to say amen a little with me. Maybe if I say it in your body, you know there's something about your body that carries the import of a message with all the sentiment. 
Most of you need to see. Do not fear. Do not fear. Don't be bothered about what is going on. If God can honor our pastor, God will not forget you. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced. I'm not an English scholar. I would have imagined that shame and disgrace, they are the same, but they are not. It's a gradation. It will start with shame before it becomes a permanent description of disgrace. For you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your what? Widowhood anymore. Take which part of the instruction or the promise that matters to you. Soak it in with your faith and say, ah, Lord, if you said this, I believe it, it shall become a reality in my life. I will not, this year, I, I will rejoice. When we are doing our annual thanksgiving for 2023, and they are calling for those to come and supply things into the church, ah, Lord, I will take the most expensive of the item. Why? Because God will have so blessed you, and men will see your good works, and God will be glorified. That's the promise. Now pay attention. This is a fantastic promise from God to us. You can meditate on it tonight, tomorrow. Every time you are feeling tired and discouraged and discombobulated, pick up Isaiah 54 verse 4 and say, Lord, your integrity is tied to this instruction. If you don't mean it, you won't say it. You have said it. I believe it. I will not be put to shame. In all my years of being a Christian, one of the best prayers I've ever heard in my life outside the Lord's Prayer is the prayer of we pray in church here. If there's something I'm going to take away from Grace Assembly or even pass over to my children, is that prayer. I believe in the God of grace. I rely on the grace of God. So the God of grace gives me his grace. And always to win what? The race. You know what that prayer simply means? There is no room for disgrace. I believe that prayer with all my heart. Now, you follow me steadily because 6.30 we should be out. I mean 7.30. And I want us to, you know, understand that contempt is real. There are people who have been waiting on God for everything and anything. Waiting God to have a husband, waiting on God to have a job, waiting on God to have money, waiting on God to... Everything practically they are waiting on God for. And it looks like they waited last year, they waited the year before, they waited the year after. Every year is like the same thing. Now listen, Deuteronomy 2 to 3 says, it says you have moved around this mountain long enough. Today is your terminal point. The defeat you see today will be the last defeat you will see in your life. You are moving forward because the Lord will cure every contempt in our lives in the name of Jesus. Now, when God gives a promise, there will always be a, resp- a part for you to play. And I repeat again and I quote. How many of you were in church on Sunday when the pastor said, he said, when God wants to do a thing, from above, it would need the role of men to get it done. I mean, if you recall that sentence he made on Sunday, meaning you are listening. If God says amen in heaven and men refuse to say amen on earth, it stays in heaven. One of the breeds that God is raising right now, or one of the awareness God is creating in the heart of believers, is that we step into our full responsibility to make it easy for God to bless us. Step, be responsible. And then you just made it easy for God to bless you. So for every of God's promises, there is a part you will play. Maybe I'm going to show you quickly before we go into what. Let us have examples of characters in the Bible that went through contempt. Pastor mentioned some of them. We're going to look at two. I had another two. Then we move into what is the cure for what? Contempt. 
That same Isaiah chapter 54, can I have the verse 1? You will see the condition there. Condition for this promise to be a reality. Look at what it said here. It says, sing, O barren. You who are not born, break forth into what? Write it down if it's your Bible. Singing. You recall that two Sundays ago, we had what we call what? Praise and prayer. Am I correct? Singing is there. The next thing you will see is what? Eh? If you are nonchalant about your life, the truth of the matter is, God will just be waiting till you are serious. Cry aloud. Someone say, if you are too casual about your destiny, you'll be a casualty. Cry aloud. You who have not what? Labored with a child. You who is still in contempt. Sing praise, cry aloud. So you can take it off. So let us go into characters in the Bible that experience contempt. I mean, if you recall, some of the two characters the senior pastor mentioned, remember he told us the story of Anna. You recall Anna's experience? Innocent woman. Married. Like everybody should be. Got married. I don't know how they did it in those days that they are permitted to marry more than one wife. We don't do it these days. Am I correct? You don't try it. The scripture, the scripture says, from the beginning, he made them male and female. Now, the lady got married without any anticipation or expectation. Nothing in her ever told her that she would have a situation where there would be delay. So right now, don't be too hard on yourself. Whatever you're dealing with, it's not necessarily, you're not necessarily responsible for it. Just like Anna was not responsible for it. What did the other lady, Penina, you know that's the other wife, what did she do differently to have a baby? Bible didn't tell us. But I'm sure that the same way the, um, Kana, that's the husband, would meet with Penina and she would conceive. It's the same way she, he meets with Anna, but Hannah will not conceive. Why? Now, that is not even the pain of the story. Do you know where the content part of the story came in? When Penina will look at Anna in the face and say, ah, oh my God, how many years now? One, two, three, four. Would you ever have a child? Do you, does anybody understand what I'm asking? Have you ever asked yourself, would I ever become this thing that I'm desiring? It's not just you. You're not the first in human history to question what is going on around you. Benina looked at this woman with such a disdain and contempt. She made her feel very worthless. Have you felt personally worthless before? Say, you can't have a child. In fact, I recall that one of the stories that Anna sent one of the sons of Benina on errand. He said, don't go, don't, don't send my son, don't send my son. I asked myself, how can people be so cruel and insensitive to the plight of another human being? Don't take it personal when people insult you. Because, oh, you know what that means? You don't know, let me interpret. Once there is a delay in any story that should be a testimony in your life, people will say it's a spiritual attack. Why was Hannah going through that? I don't know. I didn't create Hannah. But is there someone like Hannah here? Get out right now, offline or online, listening? To say, God, but when? Why? God has an answer for you. Who can give me an example of another person in contempt? You recall that of Rachel? You recall that of Rachel? Now, Rachel's own was so, in fact, totally pathetic. Because in the first place, um, uh, um, um, what's the name of the other one? Leah should not have been in the story at all. 
How did we get to the point that I labeled to, to have a, this particular beautiful dance cell for, for, for seven years? And then at the end of the seven years, someone who wanted to drown my life in contempt changed the goalpost in the middle of the match. And they gave me Leah. And the man said, no problem. I will say to your tradition and culture that I can't marry the first before the, I can't marry the second before the first. And so he married Leah. And lo and behold, they married Leah. Leah started to give back like, like uh, and the real loved one didn't conceive anything. You know what Rachel did at some point? Rachel jacked the husband, Jacob here, the man of God. He jacked the prophet, the general of God. I said, Oga, is there something you are doing with Leah that you are not doing with me? My friend, come here. Give me a child or we die. Have you been there too in that desperate situation and saying, Lord, this thing is not adding up again. Now, God is speaking encouragement to somebody's heart here. Now, listen to me. No matter what you are dealing with, I am aware of it. And I have a final solution and, and testimony for you. Now, believe me, your story will not end the way it ended last year. The lady literally felt contented. They insulted her. The mockery on Rachel was nowhere in description. Is someone mocking you in silence? And funny enough, it's always difficult for strangers to mock you. There will always be people so close to you. In the name of prayer points, they use your situation as a gossip material. Let us join in and pray for Sister John. It's a lie. They are just spreading the gist. No, no, no. I mean, I've, I've had my share of life situation. I've had my share. As a matter of fact, it is the share, my own part of life that I, that I experienced. I had two choices. Either to run towards God or run away from God. But you know what I made up my mind to do? A friend of mine, he's, he's a blessed young man. He sits over there. He's one of the team on the protocol. His name is Dele. Dele looked at me after one service. I was looking so tired and fatigued. He said, look, brother, whatever you're thinking, don't think that way. Think this way, that God will honor you in the place of your fall. And I held on to that word with all my heart. And that's exactly what God did. So I don't know how you're feeling. Feeling so discouraged and tired. In fact, maybe the only thing going on in your head is this jackpot thing must happen. Believe me, jackpot will not happen for anybody. If it happened for Abraham, it didn't happen for Isaac. Some of you will stay in that land and prosper. While some of you can go and prosper somewhere else. Rachel was tired. So I want to hear from you now. Any other character in the Bible that you can relate with that experienced contempt? Sarah. Sarah was so tired of the contempt that he gave God an alternative solution. He started to party the problem. Ah, you know, when shame becomes too unbearable, you know shame, you know shame is real. I read a newspaper um, um, online, a lady burnt herself because she was owing 70,000. She didn't burn herself because of 70,000, no. She burnt herself because of the shame. There is a demon called shame that the voice of the shame demon can be louder than the voice of God if you don't come to church. She looked at Abraham. Now, maybe you need to profile who Abraham is. Abraham was the mighty general in the hand of God. So this thing has nothing to do with your spiritual status. When life is going to hit you, it's going to hit you. And unfortunately, it will not tell you the date, the time, and the venue of the battle. It will come. And the, the resultant effect is contempt, a feeling of unworthiness. And she gave, said, okay, um, uh, Abraham, since uh, it's looking like the... At what age was Sarah when she gave up on wanting to have a, a child? At what age was she? When she gave up. You know, she gave up at some point. In fact, she, she did not just give up. When the angel came to reassure her that, you know, you still have a child. 
She said, stop making mockery of me. Enough mockery. I am the wife of the richest man in the whole region. I don't have a child. And you are coming here at the age of 80. And you are saying that you are sent by God. Like some of you are listening to me. You are saying, Pastor Steve, your mouth is sweet. You are just saying all these things to encourage us. No, I'm not saying anything to encourage you. I'm saying what God said to tell you. That your story will end in joy. Sarah experienced a contempt. Pay attention. There is something similar between Sarah, Anna, Rachel. Give me another person in the Bible. Now, don't talk any female now. Talk of a male that went through a contempt story. Sir, who is that? Job. Job. Now, Job's own is beyond human description. I say categorically here as a believer for almost 16 years or 17 years that if anybody in our age would experience what Job experienced, I'm trying to look for any human being at that level of grandeur that life can condescend into the lowest ebb. You know, you don't understand. Job did. You, you are young. If you are going to contempt at your age, it's fine. You have not achieved anything. Nobody knows you in anything. In the, as in, you are not known. The only people that know you is maybe is in this church. In fact, maybe in this church, you don't even know your name. We just know you by face. You know that people just can't know them by face. Job's case was not like that. He was the richest man in the whole region called the East. How much can, can you go through what Job is? Someone said, I want to be Abraham's wife. Can you go through Sarah's issue? Can you be Sarah to Abraham? Job, Job became so bad that his own wife, where they've been eating together, said Job. I would have loved to hear Job's wives in modern language. Let's imagine this was um, at the drama unit of the church. And they were to play the part of Job's wife. How would they have coined the utterances of Job's wife? They probably would have said... I can imagine, because it got so bad for the young man. I mean, your case is beautiful. You know, you are, if not, if not tell me your story, I won't know. Because you're, you are, you're dressing as I dress the situation. Job didn't even have the opportunity to be dressed to cover the situation. They, they, they deprived him of everything called dignity, honor, and regard. And they left him by the roadside. By the roadside. Not just sitting there like a normal human being, but with sores. Saw and dog, and now don't forget where we are coming from about Job. This was a very rich, opulent, by CV, the most God fearing man on earth. So he, it's not a sin issue. My like me, don't give up on yourself because after the trial comes the intense triumph the triumph that will intimidate your adversary. I have seen the end of God that when they call a man the Alpha and the Omega, believe me, trust your. Uh, your alpha into his hand, and then you can hold him responsible as the Omega. Believe me. The man stayed on the floor, and the most important human being in his entire life. Now, if you don't know my story, don't judge me. We don't share the same scripts. We're not writing the same exam. And the lady looked at him and said, ah, ah, Where do I start from? You say you are a man of God. You preach and preach and preach. He will not allow us to enjoy life in the name of obeying God. So all these wahala, so this is where it's come to end. Ah, we don't have a single child alive now. Are you sure? 
there is a God at all. No, okay, let me even give you a good advice because it's like this, your shame is affecting my own reputation. That, that's the problem here, Job. You're not getting it. Because everywhere I go now, they still call me Mrs. Job. Can we end this? Let us detach. Ah, thank God for where you are. Thank God for your own effect. Thank God for your story. And the man looked at another fellow human being that was not dead. He said, kill yourself. Die. Pastor Collins, if your wife said, that's your lovely wife you used to speak so well of on pulpits. I imagine how many times Job would have spoken so great of his wife. Before his friends. When, have you heard Pastor Collins talk about his wife? You will be hungry to go and marry. My adorable wife. In fact, I disobeyed my parents to marry my wife. Yeah? What a God. <laughs> I have never had such in my life. <laughs> Pastor Loye, is that, am I correct, sir? He said it was an abomination. Imagine you went through all that sacrifice, reputational damage. You ignore your father and mother. You now marry the wife. Then the tide of life changed. Shoop. There are same women now looking to you. As a matter of fact, the real pain you will feel will not be the pain of the nakedness or the sore or the children that are dead. It's to look at the woman I bought. Eh? Lenwe. Ah! Ayeleo. Enyola yeloto. I should go and die? Ah. There is no greater description of contempt than that. A worthless human being. Hmm. I mean, Joseph. I mean, Joseph was Joseph. a miracle uh, child. Hey. Um, Joseph was the daughter of this Rachel. Yeah. Your history speaks how special you are. True. Your mother was the preferred woman. She was the one that God remembered and released the blessing. Your father was ecstatic when you were born. Then God comes along and says, you are going to be number one, even though you are born number 11. Wow. And everybody knew about it. Then one day, they carry you like Job's wife, put you inside the pit, remove your coat of many colors, look you in the eye and say, let us see what will now become of your dreams. Mm. Mm. If you are not getting encouraged today, it's that you don't have faith in God. There is none of these characters that we are lining up that your case is anywhere close to their situation. I mean, look at yourself. If you look at your mirror, you are still looking beautiful. You are looking together. I had an extra examination on myself yesterday. I've never had it because my wife called me and said, look, it's not thing we should be doing checkup. Sometimes God has done so many things in your life that he didn't let you know. He didn't tell you. Ah, if you know how to think, you know how to be thankful. Believe me. Let's move quickly for time's sake. Now we have shown you characters in the Bible that went down to the threshold of pain and contempt. To the world we call the zero level. Joseph, a man that they struggled to have him as a child. He finally came. The brothers went to kill him. For what? What was the sin of Joseph? Oh, because he slept and he woke up and had a dream. How is that a threat to a human being? And they sold him to slavery. You are not in slavery yet. You will never get there in the name of Jesus. But let us now quickly move to what is the cure for contempt. When you find yourself in this situation of life, what am I supposed to hold on to as the ultimate way out? 
Let me open the scripture to us in the book of Matthew chapter 9 from verse 18 to 26. Whatever we say yes should be based on scripture. Prophecy can fail. The word of God will not fail. Hold on to God's word. Seek the heart of God. Listen to this story and you'll get a cure here. Listen to this story. Matthew chapter 9, 18 to 26. While he spoke these things to them, behold, the ruler came and worshipped him, saying, follow me, please. In other words, the Bible study. My daughter has just died. That's another contempt story. Another contempt story. My daughter has just died. He didn't give up. He called him and said, come. May God give you people who to call in the days of difficulties. He said, come. Come and lay your hands. And then what? She will leave. So underline something yet. The one of the cure is what? Your faith must stay alive regardless. Write it down. The day you embrace doubt, the boat will sink. Ah, believe me. Staying strong in faith is not a child's play. Faith is not when everything is fine, oh. Faith is stronger when everything is saying no, but you are saying yes. Let the weak say what? I am strong. And you will leave. Let's go on, please. It's 26. We're going 26. So Jesus arose. May Jesus rise for us. May Jesus rise and wipe away your tears. May Jesus rise and tear the garment of shame away. And Jesus arose. Now, when this Jesus arose, the man that, that called him would have seen him risen. Am I correct? And would have been so confident and sure that the rising of Jesus was to go and do what? Carry out the instruction of raising the dead daughter that would have brought shame into his life. And followed him. And Jesus arose and followed the man. And so did his disciples. They were going. Can we go on? We're going to 26. And suddenly, hey, suddenly, another situation of contempt interrupted him. From nowhere, this woman, if you had studied the story of the woman in question here, yeah, she's been dealing with contempt for 12 years. Blood just flowing. From where? To what effect? And this suddenly a woman who had flow of blood for 12 years came from behind. Please follow. Please follow me. Eh? From behind and touched the arm of his garment. Okay? Okay. For she said... To herself, cure number two. In this situation currently that is looking so dark and gloomy, what are you telling yourself? Are you saying, <laughs> are you saying, your money born or lake? Or you are, I would have shown you a diagram. I, 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 I mean, where you will see the, 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 the image that I saw. I didn't want to project it because some people are probably, they have phobia for reptiles. It's, it's like snakes. Speaking to the ear of a woman. I didn't, I didn't tell her, I didn't want to send it. You, know, you have to be sensitive to the congregation. Now, she was saying to herself, you know what you tell yourself? Tell yourself, this is not how my story will end. No way. I will marry grandly. I will, have, I will succeed. I will buy a house in Lagos. I heard an insult from one someone. How can you live in Lagos for 30 years and you don't have your own house? And I was looking at, who is this fellow talking to? <laughs> And I said, I'm the only one that looks like I'm elderly here. <laughs> and I said to myself, in this my own lifetime, I will not just buy one, I will buy more than one. The day I went to Pastor Yomi's house, he was taking me on a tour, and I was saying to myself, as I have seen it, I will be it. 
Now, you didn't see what, you're laughing. Did you see what I saw? From the ground floor, it's elevator to top floor. There is no, after, after sin, the next enemy of mankind is poverty. What are you programming in your head as you sleep at night? My bonu wala is here. I won't die in this issue. Yeah. She said to herself, nobody heard what she was saying. If only I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be what? She concluded the matter even before Jesus responded. Let's go. Let's go quickly, quickly, quickly. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer. Daughter, your faith has made you. Whose faith? Whose faith? What does it benefit to lose your faith? What does it cost you to hold on to your faith? It will cost you nothing, but you will lose a loss if you lose your faith. Holding on to your faith will cost you nothing. But if you let it go, it can cost you this miracle. Because the day you will see Jesus pass by, you don't know. The service will come. Maybe it's a midweek service, workers meeting. The service will come. That God will reach out to you, you don't know that day. May we not miss our day. Now, your faith has made you old. And the woman was what? Made well from that hour. Praise God. Somebody's made well from this hour. Yeah. Now, you listen to what now happened. This was, it was not the woman that called him. Oh. Listen to what then happened to the man that originally came to wake Jesus. You know, that's why I used to feel for a pastor. Pastor is going through his own issues oh, and he's preaching to every one of us. The, you are getting the miracle while the Jesus is on his way working with the pastor. <laughs> I will never understand how Zachariah dedicated many babies and he never had one as a priest. I will never understand it. How this God we are dealing with. The way God deals with us is amazing. When Jesus came into the ruler's house, listen here. Do you know if that woman had not interrupted Jesus, do you know he would have gotten to that place on time? You know that? That interruption delayed a little. And when he got into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, what did he say? Hey, hey, move on quickly. And he, said, and he said to them, make room for the girl Meaning before he arrived here, the girl was already dead. And they did what? I don't know who is ridiculing your Jesus. Hey. I don't know who is telling you that this is your Jesus you are following. will not do anything about it. They ridiculed Jesus himself. So Jesus suffered contempt here. I imagine that Jesus would have said, eh? Human beings, you people can talk nonsense. Oh. Ah, with your mouth. I'm even standing here. Do you know what they call me? I am the life and resurrection. You see how they got to ridicule me? Let them take everything. Sir? Upon the miracle you just saw, you see how they have wanted to say? No, let me advise you, friends. Let them take everything from you. Let them not tamper with the Jesus in you. Believe me. And let now show, we're going to get, I've given you cure number what? Cure number, what number are we now? Cure number what? Now follow me, pray, help me a little. Cure number what? Are you writing anything now? What number what I'm about to say now? Number four now. Or number three? Number three. So listen to the care of Jesus himself. He established a protocol here. He said today, make room for me. The girl is not what? Dead. In line with confession. Am I correct? But the girl was literally dead. Keep your confession alive. And the next thing he said is this. Oh yeah, 25 quickly. 25 quickly. But when the crowd was put outside, you know what he did here? He shut the mouths of the doubters. Anyone around you now who is always asking you silly questions like he gave you a wristwatch. Oh, T. Marini, hello. Who, who, who is wearing a wristwatch for who? 
is it your time or my time? I, I saw you have not done this. Are you the timekeeper of my destiny? Such human being, avoid them. Jesus drove the crowd outside. Anybody in your current circle of influence that is also always making you feel worthless and down, what do you think you should do? Delete the star. Unlike the person. And no, I didn't say dislike. Oh, unlike. And the girl arose. End of story. Finally, I want to shock you with something here now. In the book of Acts of Apostles, chapter 12. Because as I pray here, I will give you the last cure. And I said the cure here is what? Prayer. I saw something in Acts of Apostles, chapter 12, that made me sit down to say, God, do we really know you? Acts of Apostles, chapter 12. If you are listening to me and you are not motivated to take your destiny by, by seriousness, you are getting too casual about it, let me shock you a little. Please, don't hold this personal against me. If you died in your problem, eh? people do die in their problem. Yeah. If you die in your problem, it is not God's fault. I'm begging you, listen to it here. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to do what? To contend for the church. Some people embarrass some people. So we imagine that this Herod is devil. Stretch forth his hands to harass the church. Move on, please. We're going to verse 12, 11. Then he did what? He killed who? Okay, let's profile James. Anybody has heard of the name James before? When you hear James, what comes to mind? Ah, help me a little. Help me. Help me. What comes to mind when the name James shows up on you? Eh? One of the apostles of Jesus. Son of Zebedee, the brother of John. Did you just read there that they killed him? He was killed. They killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Why? What was God looking at? Oh, you don't know what that means in English. God is seated. They killed his own child and he didn't do anything about it. James could have been anybody. He was a disciple. He was fervent. As a matter of fact, I'm going to check my Bible history if he was not the one that authored the book of James. They killed James with his sword. They took him and James died in his problem as a disciple. And as, if you don't get angry tonight about the situation, don't blame God. If Eros stretches forth his hands and killed the James. But let's go forward now. Let's go forward. Verse, move forward quickly because we're about to close now. And because he saw that it pleased who? He saw that the people didn't care. One James has died in your life already. And you think, eh, it doesn't matter. Is it not just not having a child? Any dream you buried is the James you killed. And the James died because you were too casual. And you became a casualty of a dream. I speak to myself that, Jesus, how many James have I allowed Herod to take away from me? And I didn't do anything. I just moved on. Casually. Like it was normal to die and see James buried. And because he saw that he pleased the Jews, he proceeded what? Ah! The devil does not back down because his ministry must be complete. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. What you are currently enjoying is hurting the devil. 
as far as it's concerned, until you are finally buried that you are in full shame. And they will now put your poster. Oh, she died. No child. No husband. Hello? No way. No way. Now, it was during the days of unleaving bread. Let's move quickly. Verse 4. four. So when he had arrested who now again? When he had put in Peter. You know you are taking Peter now. So after killing James, he said that they didn't do anything. You know, like some of you have, we have all, some of us have killed our James. We didn't do anything. He has now taken the Olorioko himself. And put him in prison and delivered him to four squad for soldiers to keep him. Intending to bring him before who? The people after Passover. Let's not, let's not, let's not. Verse 5. So Peter was there and kept in prison. Now, this is the cure. This is what they didn't do for James. This is what they decided to do for who? Peter. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant what? Was what? Was what? By who? Yeah, Stay in constant. Don't let go that destiny. Don't let go that. Fight the good fight of faith. That dream will not die. James can be resurrected. It's another level. Now go further in verse 6, please. Verse 6, quickly. And when Herod was about to bring him out, he was supposed to bring him out the following morning and kill. Holy heaven knows what the enemy is planning for you tomorrow morning. But somebody will go in the place of prayer tonight. Oh, yeah. That night, Peter was sleeping. The man they kept in prison was what? What was going on outside for him? I then asked myself, there is a state of life that can be so perplexing that you will lose your prayer ability. Ah, may you not see problem that will make you say, oh, you are doing. How can Peter be sleeping? No, okay, maybe you are assuming he's sleeping because he thinks they'll be praying. That was what James thought also, they killed James. The church got angry. There are a lot of lessons we can extract here. You can't fight some of these battles alone. Don't isolate yourself. Don't separate yourself from people. The bottom line at the end of the day, can we go straight to verse 11? Because I'm about to quote now. Verse 11 to save time. And when Peter had come to himself, that was when the angel had freed him. In case you can read the Bible, the story yourself. They freed him. In fact, the miracle of his freedom is an interruption in social order. I, I, when I read, I said, Peter, they locked Peter inside, they put a guard around him, they put a chain around him. Why? The devil does not want him to escape at all. Only one man, you put a garrison of five people. What are you afraid of, devil? I tell you, if the devil is fighting you, there's a treasure in you. There must be something very important about your destiny. It won't wait resources. Because some of you, you are a blessing to change the story of your family. He doesn't have to kill your family. All he needs to do is kill you, and your family will remain in suffering. So there's something worth fighting for. And they freed him. That's, that's the end of the story. How did they free him? Through prayer. You will rise on your feet right now. And you will pray just two prayers with me. Oh, yes, sir. Pastor is here, sir. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Uh, multimedia, could you um, bring up James 5, verse 13? James 5, verse 13. You're talking about the cure for content. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Suffering contempt. When they think nothing good can come out of your future. Mm. Suffering contempt from, like Job's wife said, it's better for you to just curse God, God and die. If you're suffering, what did he say? Let him pray. Mm. The message translation says, are you hurting? 
For some people, you won't call it suffering. You may be hurting. hurting. Maybe one man after the other breaking your heart. And you, everybody looks at you and say, if so many people are broken your heart, you're not worth marrying. Hmm. Are you hurting? He didn't say give up. Pray. The um, New Living Translation, hurry up. New Living Translations. Any of you suffering hardships? You should what? Pray. He didn't say you should cry. You should complain. Mm. You should pray. The living Bible, the living Bible, quickly. Is anyone among you suffering? Mm. He should keep on praying Pray. about it. Keep on. Keep on. Oh, if your destiny is important to you, you didn't have a right to choose your background, but you can choose your foreground. You can choose your destination by the declaration of your mouth. First, lift your hands to go, Lord, I receive baptism, a fresh baptism to pray my life out of the prison of life. Give me the grace. Any area of your life that you are tired in praying right now, say, Lord, I receive grace and the fervency of prayer to be restored back into my life. Keep on praying. Sir, they looked at Jesus. The man called Nathaniel looked at Jesus Christ. He said, Jesus, you are, did you say you are from where? He said, Nazareth. He said, nothing good ever comes from Nazareth. Nothing good. Some are looking at you and nothing good comes out of your life. Because the last person that came out of Nazareth was, was Samson, the Nazarene. He was beheaded, and he was killed. You, Jesus, don't follow him, he won't last. But you know what the truth? Greater than everything came out of Nazareth. Greater can come out of you. But receive grace to keep praying. Say, Lord, I will not be tired in prayer. I will not be tired in prayer. They, they might have taken my James. My Peter will be released. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter how the angel will show forth. But my Peter will be released. Oh, God. Release me from the captivity of contempt. Ah, let there be a reward for my prayer life. Yeah, Lord Jesus. Uh, say, Lord, reward my prayers with testimony. Reward my prayer with testimony. Father. Give me the grace to pray myself out of the captivity of the wicked. Lord, I receive grace. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. You know, there is no time. I'm almost done. Just give me a few, three minutes more. Um, the situation of the country demands that we stay in prayer for the nation. And I've requested, um, 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 Grace Cora, can you help me to take the second stanza of our national anthem? We pray just a line there, and we pray for Nigeria. 72 hours from now, the destiny of this nation will be decided. The second stanzas of um, um, the national anthem, O God of creation. Could you help me with that song? Then we pray. We take the... If you are watching from home, please can join us as we pray for Nigeria approaching a critical turning point in our history. The national anthem, the second stanza. Who's going to help me there? Who's singing with me? Thank you. Let's take this very seriously. The state of the nation is affecting the people of God. There is no doubt about it. And the Lord is expecting us to play our part and do our part very well. Grace Corral. God of
your hands to God and say, Lord, build our nation for us. Guide our leaders right as we approach the poll this Saturday. Let everything concerning this election be orchestrated by your power. Send angels to intervene and interfere as we all carry our PVC and choose the leaders that we want. Guide our hearts, O oh God. Guide our nation. Let our nation be built in honesty, in truth, and in justice, O oh God. Deliver us from wickedness, O oh God of leaders. Help this nation to arise and arise in majesty and arise in peace and prosperity. Let this election be blood free. Let there be no shedding of blood, oh God. Let it be free and fair. Let your name alone be glorified. Let the church have its full place in this coming election. And your name alone be glorified. And the saints of God say a great amen. Alright, that's it for tonight. I say again, that if we stay in the prayer of place of prayer continuously, no devil can hold our destiny down. And so it shall be for us in Jesus' name. Don't be lazy in prayer. Pray all the time. Pray always. And you are guaranteed of victory. If you believe it, say a good amen. amen. Celebrate the Lord with your hands together this evening. Celebrate the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. By the time we are meeting on Sunday for the double celebration service, it shall be good news galore in the name of Jesus. It shall be celebration galore in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, say very good. Amen.